0: Hello everyone, I'm Selena Guerrero. Welcome to the weekly Thrive Biz Chat, where we talk about what it really takes to run a thriving service business. I am also founder of the Thrive Sales Accelerator, where I help service-based entrepreneurs scale their sales, generate clients consistently, and love their businesses more. Today, I'm so pleased to introduce to you, if you don't know her already, Stacey Gordon, CEO of Rework Work. She is an expert in areas of diversity inclusion, and she's going to talk about how you use diversity as a competitive advantage within your industry. Thank you for being here, Stacey.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation
0: well before we get started and all of the juicy things you're going to share with us i want of course to just to let everybody know a little bit about you there's so many amazing things as i mentioned stacy's ceo of rework work she uh coaches executive leaders on dei strategies she's worked with people managers and executives at companies such as american express adp kia motors hp walmart many many others uh, she offers a no-nonsense approach to helping employee populations understand diversity and inclusion. And let me just interject by, I know Stacy because I used to run business development at a diversity inclusion consultancy, that's how I know Stacy. so she's definitely no nonsense and I'm really excited for her to share her point of view on these strategies. But I'm not done. Stacy, she's author of Unbiased, Addressing Unconscious Bias at Work, which debuted number one on Amazon's hot new release list. and. And she is the creator of the second most viewed course on LinkedIn Learning, surpassing. Listen to this: more than one million unique viewers. That's crazy, Stacy. Uh, and I will attest the fact that that's always number two on my on my homepage. So that is that is real. I'm waiting for you to get to number one, Stacy. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: got to kick Ariana Huffington Huff- off. Sorry, <laughs> I said I've got to have got to kick uh, um it's it's Verne Myers and Ariana Huffington. So. I, I don't know that I'm going to kick them off of the number one. <laughs> okay,
0: well, you you have to try. No, uh, we'll start a campaign, right? Uh, but yes, uh, it is. It I get your point. You're a million views. Are, that's just amazing. Uh, MBA from Pepperdine out here on the West Coast. We're both uh, out here, and uh, you have a Sherm SCP certification and the Sherm Inclusive Workplace Culture Credential. So that's a lot, Stacy. I'm so pleased for you to be here. Tell us. I always like to start this show with how you got into diversity.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's such an interesting question because, you know, I get asked it all the time, how did you get started in diversity? And sometimes I want to be tongue in cheek and go, so you see that I'm black, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've just always lived diversity. Um, and I think the work I was doing, I don't think I realized it was called diversity until later, but it was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a, a, a thing, okay. But, um, you know, the, the I guess the real answer would be that um, working as a recruiter is where I really yeah. saw the the difference. You know, you always hear about it, you always feel it, you, you know it, you see it, um, and you find that, actually I was just interviewed by AARP Magazine, for, and they're talking about an article, right, about Black women in the workplace and what that's like, and they were talking about interviewing. And the idea that you always, you can feel, right? When somebody's like, oh, well, you know that, thank you so much, it's been really great to talk to you. We'll be in touch. And you're like, you didn't hear a word I said. You weren't listening to me. I am so not getting this job, right? So um, in in the work that I was doing as a recruiter, I was seeing just again and again that happening to women, to people of color to people with accents, to immigrants. It was just so frustrating. Um, And so that's when I I stopped working as what I at the time was calling a diversity recruiter. And I said, no, we really, I need to focus in on changing the companies and really focus in on diversity, equity, inclusion in the company, not just from a recruiting standpoint, because it's not just recruiting that's the issue, which a lot of people think.
0: It's like, oh, we'll just fix the pipeline
1: and it'll all be fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to drive home that point that you can put a lot of, you know, diverse and, and many that can mean a lot of different things, candidates, but if the companies don't know how to receive that in a way that is unbiased, right, the title of your book, right, we, that's where the issue, I just want to be clear about that, right, that's where the the rubber hits the road, it's like, it's not as far as pipeline meaning, just for, the, for our audience here, meaning we can have a lot of. Sometimes people will say, "Well, you don't have any diverse candidates." It's like, well, they're they're there, but how are they being received, and how is that process unbiased and really open to listening, right? To hearing people in those in those interviews. Um, so I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really important work, and I I, inter- I understand that you sort of identified that issue, and you said, you know what, I think I need to step take it a step further and get on the other side of this, essentially, right? Um, Yeah. So I think even basically based on that story, sort of when we talk about diversity as a competitive advantage for companies, um, that is you're already by helping them understand how to hire or how to really Open up their pipeline, right, through more diverse candidates, uh, that's already, I would say, a competitive advantage for them, right? Because they're getting diverse talent, because they're having more people to, you know, more quality candidates to really understand how to consider. So let's get into the competitive advantage thing a little more. Tell us, we're going to talk about three, and you're going to talk about sort of three basic ways companies should be looking at diversity as something that they can really leverage. So why don't you start us off? What's your first sort of idea here?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I think we think about um, creating an inclusive workplace culture, right? So as you mentioned, I have my SHRM certification in, in, in inclusive workplace cultures. I actually teach the course um, for them. And one of the things is that, you know, we think about that and we're like, well, what does that really mean, right? And how is that a competitive advantage? Well, if you realize that um, there are studies showing right now that 97% of Black professionals do not want to go back to work in person right now. 97% they would rather continue to work from home. And I gave that statistic a couple of days ago um, at, at the SHRM conference and um,
0: uh,
1: Indiana SHRM. And somebody asked me, they said, Well, what about for white people? And I said, Well, you know, it's not so great for y'all either. Y'all don't want to go back either. <laughs> I think the number was 79%. But so it's high, right? But you see that 97%, that's practically everybody, right? All yeah. Black people are like, I'm done with the workplace. That's something that employers have to pay attention to. That is something that they have to look at and say, wow, why is that? It's because mental health improved, stress reduced, you know, having to deal with microaggressions, didn't have to do it. So <clears throat> you gotta be thinking about how do you create a workplace that people actually want to come back to. Yeah. If you have a workplace right now that people don't wanna come back to, it means you have not embraced diversity, equity, or inclusion in your workplace.
0: Absolutely, and you know, when you think about it, you've got, you know, uh, I think you said Black women specifically, right? So Black women at home, they're, they're enjoying that environment more than <clears throat> they are in the office. And if they're being, if their, if their company says, you know, you need to be in, you need to be in the office and another company, right? Is saying, you know, we're going to either create a very, you know, more open cultural, culturally sort of like more inclusive, less sort of um, microaggressions, toxicity, whatever that might, whatever those women are experiencing, if we, if they can create an environment that doesn't have that, then there's options, right? It's not necessarily about another company saying, well, you can work from home that might be part of their sort of inclusive policies, if you will, but also just the idea that like, oh, I mean, maybe maybe these women want to go back into the office if they didn't feel it was so maybe, you know, so uh, stressful, right? Right, um, right. It's, it's
1: looking at creating a place that people want to come back to, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. The, would you want to go into work even if you didn't have to? And that's the... <laughs> <laughs> you know. No,
0: absolutely. I mean, and th- th- let me reinforce that these are people who are extremely talented. They have long work histories. There's so much value there. And yet you know, if you're a company to your point about who can create an inclusive, happy environment, you are going to be that is a competitive advantage. a 100%. You know, it's funny that we're having this conversation, because I think so much of the, you know, my backgrounds in marketing and sales. So I'm always thinking about how do we leverage diversity as that competitive advantage in the marketplace from a marketing and sales positioning point of view. Often we talk about diversity as, I don't know, it's like the right thing to do. I think there's always sort of like a which it is right but how do we look at it holistically as a business and I, I just think that in some ways as you're talking i'm like well that seems obvious but i think that that is something that companies really maybe need to think of can have an opportunity i should say to think about deeper uh, i yeah. i see we have a couple people here if anyone's on the um listening here i'd love to you to ask feel free to ask any questions in the comments i'm sure stacy would love to answer them I hope so, Stacey, yeah. and um, right. I mean, uh, so, uh, we'll wait for a comment.
1: Anyway, Stacy, go ahead, please. Well, I was gonna say, and part of that too, when you're talking about inclusive environments is, I remember a, a couple of months ago, I got a message on LinkedIn from somebody who said, you know, I read your stuff, you, you're doing really great work. I'm really interested in creating, you know, a more inclusive, uh, well, in fact, even before inclusive, what he said, he was trying to create a more diverse environment, right? And he said, Yeah, we're mostly a white male company. Um, and so I have a, a job opening. And he's like, we have put it out there. We've tried to make it um, attractive to more women and to more people of color. But he said, we're getting so few applicants from people who are not white or male. And he's like, Could you take a look and see, you know, is there anything I can do differently? So I don't remember what it was about the job description because I did review the job description really quickly and I was like, yeah, I could see some things you need to change here. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: But what got me was I went to the website because I was like, what's the first thing you do? If you're interested in a job, you go to the website and you talk about sales and marketing, right? Very competitive, that's usually an environment where there is a lot of that sort of bro culture, right? And um, I went to the website and the first thing that hit me was I was like, oh, I don't know that I'd want to work here, right? Because it was just the overall feel. All the pictures were of like a white guy striving to the top, you know, and like just these the, the, it's just those quintessential, like, you know, two guys shaking hands, or it was like, there was like a guy on top of a mountain, you know, striking a pose or something. And I was like, this doesn't, it doesn't create an environment that would make me say, oh, I want to work there. Right. So that's part of, like, you talk about from a marketing standpoint, how do you attract people? You have to look at your website as a disinterested third party and see, like, wow, what do people see when they come to our website? Because the amount of people who are rejecting you without even applying because they see the website and go, eh, not for me.
0: It's funny because I, th- again, I think that, you know, this story that you're telling, I just, I love this story because I don't love the story. You know, it's, it's an unfortunate story, but I think it really captures what we're talking about, right? I can't seem to hire, I, I mean, and nowadays we're in a huge, you know, transformation in terms of people with their jobs. And I mean, talk about an opening for companies to, you know, leverage, being open, like working on creating a diverse and inclusive culture and having websites that basically don't read one way, you know, opening the doors because there's this great resignation and people are questioning what kind of work environment they really want to be in. I mean, now is the time, right? Now is like more, I mean, it's always a great time, but you know what I mean? Certainly at this moment in time, it's just, there's this real opportunity for companies to uh, get on the bandwagon and understand how that's going to, how it, you know doing the work is going to put them in a really competitive advantage in this state, in the case of this this, this this gentleman you're talking about this executive, uh, you know if he if he just changes the website like it's not you know I mean that's not necessarily what's going you know we don't want to create a false message about what's actually going to happen when you're in the company but yeah it's it's really interesting thank you. So what else should we, should companies be thinking about? I mean, I think basically competitive advantage alone having, being able to recruit and being able to bring in new, new talent. Anything else you want to share? Well, you're right,
1: and you mentioned, um, I think so, you just mentioned the, the, the great resignation everyone's talking about. And I'm at the point, I'm like, it's not a great resignation. What it is, is a great re- reevaluation, right? Love that. People are understanding, like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to take this. There is better out there. And um, so I think that if you want a competitive advantage, part of that in in attracting diverse candidates is offering flexibility, is being uh, an employer that understands that you can't demand and mandate that everybody come back into the office right now because we have shown that it's not needed. If you are an employer that is saying you must come back to the workplace in order to do your job, Your employees are looking at you and saying, you are a liar, because we know we don't have to come back into the workplace in order to do our jobs, because we did them quite fine from where we were for the last couple of months, over a year. So don't sit up here and say, I have to come back to work in order to do my job, because it's a lie. It means you want me back, which means you don't trust me, right? I mean, there's all these things that we start than making assumptions about, right? So if you want your, again, it goes back to my first point. If you want these people back into the workplace, give them a reason to come back, right? Why? Why, what are we coming back for? So I would say the flexibility is important because you see, especially right now with things still being up in the air, with the Delta variant and these other things happening, it's like, we may all be forced to have to Go back on quarantine again, right? Like we have to really be careful of what we're saying and what message we're giving right now.
0: So the great reevaluation, I, I, you know, I definitely third, second, and third that. Um, do you see flexibility as an inclusive issue specifically?
1: I do. I, I think. Um, it is because it means that you are open to not having to do things one way. There are so okay. many, um, you, you know, <clears throat> we see that it's like, we wanna do it this way, this is the way it's always been done and you're gonna do it this way. And, and when you don't have flexibility, you are showing that you were rigid, that you were not open, that you don't wanna hear new ideas And so it bleeds into everything that you do. When you don't have flexibility in this one area, you don't have flexibility in a lot of other areas as well, right? It's just it's a manifestation of a um, a leadership type, right? (laughs) And so people do want, you know, we want differences. Uh, I even thought about, you know, schools. This is a time. This is why I say great reevaluation because we have been in this place where it's like, your child must go to school and go into a um, an educational building facility every single day. <clears throat> and I've realized that, I've talked to a number of um, parents who uh, have said, my child really, even before the pandemic, wanted to do online schooling, wanted to school from home, right? Mm. And so, but there's no options for that, right? You have to really search and dig and you've got to file all kinds of papers and do all these things to get some special dispensation, right, <clears throat> when maybe what we need to be thinking is, are there ways that we can make it different? And I'm using school as an example because a school is also a place where people work, right? It is a workplace. Right, right. And so being able to say that, hey, maybe we could have hybrid school. Maybe we could have um, school that is fully online. But I know my youngest daughter is a kid that needs to go to school because she enjoys, she thrives being around other people. Whereas my middle daughter would be somebody who likes to work from home. I mean, work from home, school from home, right? But that's the same thing. All of us are different. And so when you can be an employer that wants to get the best out of people, you're going to get the best when you set up an environment that allows them to operate at their best. Some people are going to do best work ever from their house. And some of them are gonna do it from the office. Some of them are gonna do it from a hotel room cause they're a road warrior and they're out doing whatever, right? Like people are going to figure it out and allowing the flexibility for people to do it then gives you the opportunity to get more diversity because what have we seen? All these individuals who, you know maybe couldn't get jobs before because the commute was too much or whatever like now they can do it from their house. And I get it. Not every job is set up for that, right? We, there are lots of in-person positions that are still still needed. Yeah, totally get that, and I'm not trying to discount that. Um, but again, you know, just like we've got uh, maintenance men, and we've got CEOs, and we've got carpenters, and we've got fishermen, right? Different types of jobs for different folks. I could not be a fisherman to save my life, right? (laughs) But other people do it. So understanding that we are human, we are adaptable, we are awesome, and we can figure this out.
0: Well, I certainly feel like this, you know, what's happened over the last year is an opportunity for company. Yeah, it's your point earlier, you know, it's like, oh, maybe we can do this. Right, because we had to do this one thing. Maybe you know what I mean? Because I think it's sort of always business as usual, and so to, to change the status quo into being more inclusive, whatever that might look like, um, takes effort. And I think it's sort of when we're forced to do something, you know, as many companies simply have had to do. It's a challenge, and then we re- recognize as a company, oh, we. We can do that. I mean, I do wonder a little bit for companies like they just they're like, oh, no, we can't do there's no way we could do that. And so this opportunity to sort of how else could this look right? What what might that actually look like? And then which do we actually try to invest in and make changes? I think that's really interesting. I mean, as as workers, as humans, right, we grow and we are challenged. And I think these companies have been challenged and they have grown, right? I mean, it's been a very difficult, We, you know, I don't, certainly don't want to, I know the way I'm speaking sounds like, oh, it's just this opportunity for growth. It's been extremely challenging and a lot of companies have, have tremendously suffered. And that's the, the downside of this. But, you know, in an environment where we, where companies can see what's possible and sort of evaluate and understand the, the benefits on the longer term. And this idea of inclusiveness as, you know, this idea of, um, you know, I think it's interesting about the flexibility idea because it is, it's like, how, how, how. what are people's strengths? What is it that they need? What is it, you know, how do we, the idea of everyone's sort of, I don't wanna say like everyone's, it's this idea of everyone's ideas matter specifically. And that sounds like maybe you should, maybe you should define inclusion, but this idea of like just considering all of these options to make our companies, you know, more human and more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that
1: leads into the third part, part, right, which is just it's a competitive advantage in and of itself. Um, But because by having diversity, you are going to be bringing in people who have different points of view, different experiences, learned different things, and they can come in and say, oh, my goodness, you've been doing it this way. What if you tried this? Because I did this at my prior company and we got these kind of exponential results. Right. And no one before was thinking that because We've just always done it this way, but now somebody else comes in with a different perspective. So it's not just about, you know, diversity of race and ethnicity and gender, which, you know, that's great. uh, It also is about diversity of experience and understanding that when people come in with experiences that are different, they think differently and they're able to bring more ideas and generate more ideas and more creativity. And that is going to be your competitive advantage, because that's how you get products that are better, products that people want, products that are going to get to market faster, right? products that are more innovative. That's how you make yourself a company that people are clamoring for what you put out.
0: Yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's just like. Uh, I think once you know, I think there's so much. I think as a company, um, you know, from the company's per- the company, as if it's a person, but you know what I mean. The executive leadership. Um, I think there's so much um, sort of confusion, anxiety, you know, um, misunderstandings around what diversity and inclusion really means. And I think when they get <clears throat> past that, they recognize this is the way they will thrive right my word right and it's it is of course the way that they're going to get better innovation better products better and frankly you know people want to work for companies that are challenging them that are that want to hear their voice right that you know, gives them purpose, and has, you know, they have somebody they want to work for. You know, people leave for their managers, kind of scenario, right? Not the job, and 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 I think that it's it's in some ways such a so simple. I think once we once leadership can kind of get past those misunderstandings and the noise and the challenges that they think are 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 there, it there's just such a huge opportunity. And I'm certainly not saying it's easy. This is not my area of expertise about how necessarily to get there, but. Mm-hmm. But un, but having clarity, having clarity, and it's I do believe once they sort of see the rewards coming, they it's they just want more and more, and they can, and it's kind of like an, a snowball effect, and it's an unfolding of how they could really, you know, benefit um, and be competitive against their you know against their competitors. Because I, I often see you know again having run business development for a DNI firm, I think it's I see so clearly the opportunity. <laughs> you know, it is a competitive advantage in the marketplace, because if you're work, if you're somebody who works for banks or works for X, you know, X, X kind of company, technology, whatever, and you're looking out to your point, let's just imagine I'm someone and I go to this, this company's um, website, you know, they're out of the picture, and they've lost an opportunity. So I, right. I'm really grateful for this conversation, because I think it's just like, you know, I, I want to ask you one more, I want to ask you a couple more things, but like, just getting us there to under help people understand that it's all there for the taking, right?
1: Right, yeah, I mean, it can be as simple as that, right? And I think that's what's tough about this is, <clears throat> it's, some of that is, right? Um, bias working in the reverse. So, you know, mm-hmm. if I look at that website as a black woman and all I see are white guys and I feel like I'm not going to fit in there That is a, that's my bias against these individuals. Um, But it's also stemming from experience, right? Yeah. And it's stemming from this understanding that I don't wanna put myself into a situation where I'm going to continue to be marginalized, continue to be overlooked and ignored, um, continue to be paid less, uh, but expected to work harder um, and, and all those things that come along with that. And for everyone who's saying, oh, we don't do that, that's not us. You know, I gotta say, you might want to ask the women that work in your office, <laughs> right? Before yeah. you say, oh, not I. <laughs> because yeah. we see that a lot. Um, we just did a um, assessment. And um, the, I, I've been using the one slide that shows... That women we asked the question: um, Do women? What is it? Do, do women? Do, do is this a great place, a great company to work for women? And they asked that of everyone. But then when you divide it and you look at demographically, what did men say and what did women say? So overall, 60% of the company said yes, this is a great place to work for women. So that's not a good number to begin with. But then you look yeah. at the numbers and you see 80% of men said it was a great place to work for women. Less than 30% of women said it was a great place to work for women. So wow, huge skewed numbers. Those are all the men, 70% of them saying, oh yeah, it's a great place to work for women. We do awesome here. We don't, we don't, we don't discriminate. We don't pay less. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, right? But then you ask the women and they're all like, oh yeah, you, you do, you do, you definitely do. Oh, and you do that too. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I like the way you think you're starting with that reverse of like, seeing, you know, as a black woman, let's say, looking at that website and say, oh, you know, like you're being biased by saying, oh, I assume making this assumption, right? But it's based on sort of historical evidence. And the reality is, is that if if a company really just steps back and takes a real look, like a quantitative look, as they did in this assessment, right, there is a disconnect. I I, I feel like people, you know, like I, you know, it's companies, I think part of the challenge, and I know, you know, I, you know, we, you would agree is that they, they don't know that they're biased, right? That's the whole point of bias. They don't know, they didn't know these numbers. They actually, their belief was something different. And so I think when we talk about companies using diversity inclusion as a competitive advantage, for the innovation, for the recruitment, and for the long-term success of their company, it kind of starts with really taking a look at what's really there. And once you do that, once you kind of walk through that door, that's when you can really open up the possibilities. So um, yeah, I I think that it's, um, so if any, all these companies out there who may be listening to this, it's about stepping through that door of sort of evaluation Assessment and and then taking a look at what are the opportunities for change to be more diverse and in, inclusion. What could those be for your company, and then really begin to reap the benefits of that. Because as Stacy, thank you, you've outlined for us. There's so many benefits.
1: Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, and I always always plugging the books. So if you have not gotten the book yet, so well, unbiased addressing unconscious bias at work. Check it out. You can go to unbiasedbook.com get yourself a copy. I've got lots of leaders that are reading it right now and helping them to start to really um, work through the framework that we we help companies with. And it's starting with just awareness. Like you said, uh, you know, not everyone is in this space where they they know, they think they know, but they don't. And so part of it is just getting this awareness and this understanding that, wow, we really need to be thinking about these things. Um, we need
0: to be paying attention. So,
1: just that Absolutely. is
0: the first step. So, yes. All right. I put in the comments for anybody. I can you can see rework work here. This is Stacy's website, and I've also uh, for those of you who are watching this on, uh, on video, you can see in the comments some links to Stacy's uh, site and her book. Thank you so much for being here, Stacy. It's been a really uh, just a lovely conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Next week, I'm going solo. I've been having a lot of interviews over the last six, eight weeks, and now I'm going to be uh, I'm going to go solo, and I'm going to talk about five ways to generate leads, and I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of each. So if you're interested in Generating leads for your service-based business. Catch me next week, 9 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday. And until then, until next time, thank you for being here. And thank you again, Stacy. Bye, everyone.